Welcome to the Empowered Homes Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to be a resource to connect church and home by growing strong families. Hey, this is Bobby. Today on the show, we have Dr. Stephen Jones. Dr. Jones is our teaching and training pastor at Kingsland. He has over 15 years of educational experience uh, working in universities, teaching Bible classes, and he's a genius. Uh, knows all the Greek and Hebrew, and he, he fell in love with God's Word and wants other people to fall in love with God's Word. He's just an incredible guy. And so this is the first part of our series on personal growth and spiritual disciplines, and uh, we're going to be talking about the Bible, uh, his his passion of how do we help people um, spend time with God and and why is it important for us to be disciplined in our scripture reading. So it's a a cool little interview of of us. You get to hear about him and his love for barbecue uh, and brisket. He has a great analogy about how God's word is like uh, smoking a slow brisket. So really fun. And uh, if you want more resources on personal growth, especially scripture reading, uh, go to empoweredhomes.org. Steve, welcome. Well, hey, it's good to be here. I'm glad to be a part of this. Awesome, man. Uh, well, just give us a little intro about who you are and to any anybody listening. Well, like Bobby said, I'm uh, Steve Jones. I'm the teaching and training pastor here. I have a background in um, the university. I spent about 15 years as a as a university professor. My educational training, it's weird. I, um, I My heart and home has always been in the church and in serving the church and in understanding the, uh, God's word better. But when, it, uh, when I was going through college and felt a call to ministry, I ended up um, having the opportunity uh, to study ancient languages. I wanted to read the Bible for myself in the original language. And so I um, began to study Greek and all those things and ended up having a passion for it and a love for it. And so my um, my drive in ministry has always been, how can I understand the Bible better? And how can I help other people understand the Bible better too? So I'm grateful for what I get to do here at Kingsland because it's sort of the center of my ministry. That's awesome, man. And we're so thankful to have you for sure. Uh, we joke and say, yeah, you you may have cool staff members, but we have a Steve Jones. So uh, we're super thankful. And just for today, we want to talk about spiritual disciplines, personal growth. And a lot of that just gets kind of especially if you've grown up in church and you have kind of a background, but even if you have no background of what spiritual disciplines like means, um, just give some insight into like, if I say, okay, what is a spiritual discipline? What do, what do we mean by that? Yeah. Well, um, it really is just a spiritual exercise. You know, you know, maybe a generation ago when I first started ministry and youth ministry, there were these, these wristbands people wore WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? And that's a great question to ask. Like people should be asking you, what what did what would Jesus do in this situation, and try to be like that. But you know what? That's not always uh, the the only question you should be asking. Um, take the bas- take a basketball analogy. It's uh, if you're playing basketball, it'd be important to ask what would LeBron James do, what would Michael Jordan do. But if you are not actually in the in the sort of physical form and shape to replicate what they did, mm. knowing what they would do is pointless. Wow, and so um, spiritual disciplines are just spiritual exercises. It's okay. What would Jesus do now? How can I like working out, like going to the gym, like um, like going to practice? How can I walk my spirit, my soul through exercises to prepare me so that when I'm in the heat of the moment, in in the midst of temptation, uh, can do what Jesus would do instead of what my sinful flesh is telling me to do? Hmm. So, why is that important for disciples, for believers? <laughs> <laughs> well. 
I don't know. No, the uh, <laughs> spiritual disciplines are are the sort of the daily exercises. Most of us want the opportunity uh, to uh, to have fulfilled lives or to or to find the life that God has for us. I don't know, however we choose to phrase it, or to represent Christ well in certain situations. But unless we have the you know spiritual muscle uh, to um, uh, to uh, to know what to do in those situations and, and and the muscle memory to react in a specific way, uh, most of us are just going to go with what we've always done. You know, we we all act in in patterns, and spiritual disciplines are about uh, growing ourselves and developing the muscle memory and, and having those patterns of life so that we're used to reacting in one way, not the other. So that in the midst of a situation like in a like in a um, like in a basketball game, LeBron James doesn't have to think about what he's going to do in a situation because he's done it so many times that that um, his body just reacts. He doesn't even know how or why he does it. He just does it. That's a great analogy. And so for for someone listening, um, what's the difference between, you know, spiritual disciplines, reading your Bible, do, doing all those? And we'll, we'll hit on uh, multiple in the next coming episodes, but... Um, like what's the difference? Why should I have to do that for my personal growth? Why can't I just go to church and mm-hmm. just hear yeah. from a sermon or, or like what? What's the significance of the personal side of that? Yeah, well, um, well, in general, it's because you know it's a lot of times church sermon they're they're addressed in large groups. So for us to come together and to fellowship and to develop community and to worship. But a lot of times, uh, spiritual disciplines are it's like having a personal trainer. Mm. Um, it's about you putting yourself through specific disciplines because you kind of are aware of your own personal struggles and and know the things that can best help you develop as a believer. And sometimes it's good to help. It's not good to do these in isolation. They're focused on you. Yeah. But um, a lot of times it's good to have you know mentors or guides or role models who can say, maybe you should try this or maybe you should go here. That's a good point too. And not downplaying worship or, no. or sermons or any of that stuff. No. Just, as, as we walk with Jesus, I think scripture's clear and, and there's definitely clear things that we need to be doing corporately with you know one-on-ones and mentoring and all that stuff. But there's also an element where we have to own this for ourselves. Like uh, we all, we talk about our kids and uh, faith adoption for our kids that someday that the Holy Spirit would do a work. It's not our job as parents. It's the Holy Spirit to, to lead them and draw them to God. But um, just because I work at a church or you work at a church doesn't make your kid more spiritual, right? right. And so that's something we all have to work on personally for, for our personal discipleship. And uh, so with that shift in gears, one of, one of the things I want to talk about, and I know that's your heart, is scripture reading. Yeah. So what, what, how, do, how, do, how do we do it? What does it look like? What's the practical side of it? And then also the, the biblical side for... Uh, us having time with the God, with God in His Word, and uh, what does a spiritual discipline of Scripture reading look like? Yeah. Um, well, first off, the Bible says, you know, the psalmist writes, uh, "God's word have I hid in my heart, so that I might might not sin against mm. uh, sin against Him." Uh, scripture is at the is at the heart of of developing an identity of of um, of who we are as believers and how to follow Jesus. Um, I remember. Uh, uh, one time, just being you know in a dry place in my own life and and feeling very alone and having a lot of questions, not knowing where to uh, uh, you know how to have answers or how to seek answers, and I re- simply remembered uh, a passage of scripture that that I had read that I'd heard somebody uh, you know quote to me one time, and it was it was Hebrews one uh, one that said God after He spoke to our fathers through the prophets in many portions and in many ways. In these last days, he's spoken to us through Jesus. Mm. It was weird. Well, on the one hand, that was some scripture that I had hidden in my heart um, that 
I didn't even know it was there, but it bubbled up and, 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 it, and it reassured me of some truths. But, but two, the truth it reassured me of is we serve a God who speaks. Mm. Um, God speaks, and one of the primary ways he speaks is one, the ultimate, his ultimate revelation is through Jesus. Um, and Jesus' revelation is mediated to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said in John 14 um, that he'll send us the Holy Spirit, and the one thing that, he'll do, that the Holy Spirit will do will lead us in all truth, right? He'll tell us about Jesus and, and lead us to knowledge of the truth. Um, but ultimately, God's word is, is the primary record of that revelation. We study the Bible not because it's, it's a religious text. We, we study the Bible because it's the, it's the representation or guidebook for um, how God has revealed himself in the past and how we can expect him to continue doing that. Mm. Uh, the picture that I like to use is of, of um, Psalm 1, where it just simply says, uh, you know, blessed is the man not who who doesn't who doesn't sit in the council of the wicked or stand in the path of the of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Law of the Lord is another word for scripture, and on his and on on it he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. Uh, the picture there is if if we'll learn to plant ourselves next to the stream of God's word, the the, the psalmist says that that will um will produce fruit in our in our fruit in our season. Our leaves won't wither, and in everything we do, we pro- will prosper. Mm. It's weird if I if I walked into a into a church and I and I said, like some people, um, you know, Amos, make big bold promises. What if I could tell you the secret to to having a prosperous life, to have, having a fulfilling life, to 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 having a fruitful life? Um, most of us are hungering for that. In fact, most uh, not just a religious. Uh, uh, Organizations, but also secular, you know, commercials. There, that's what they're offering people. Yeah, uh, and the promise is right there at the first of Psalms that if we'll learn to plant ourselves next to the stream of God's blessing uh, and and to drink in His Word. Notice the tree doesn't do anything; it just it just sucks in the water, and it's it's the water and the soil and the sun that does all the changing. And what I, I love about that passage, it says, "You will bring forth; it will bring forth its fruit in its season." That. Um, so many times we can feel lost and alone in the world and the reminder that God has a unique plan for our life, right? That God has fruit he was designed to produce and he, he's designed to grow on the tree of our life. And it might not grow as fast or as, as showy as someone else's tree or someone else's fruit, but we can trust that if we stay next to the stream of God's blessing, we will find it in time. Man, that's so good. And, and for the, every believer, I'm hearing you say this and I've heard you say it before, but it's still encouraging. Like we get that we should be in God's word, right? I think every believer would be like, yes, God's word is important for me to be reading and be a part of and to know. And, you know, I've heard uh, recently of, you know, we're raising biblically illiterate Christians nowadays and all that stuff. The biggest hurdle, and I've heard you say this, like people know that it's important. They just don't know how to do it. Right. And so what, what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, well, first off the, uh, <laughs> yeah, people, uh, people know they have the, have this vague sense of obligation. That they should read the scriptures, but they don't know what to do or how to start. And, and the Bible is deceptive in its, in its architecture because it starts at the beginning and it ends at the ends in Genesis revelation. So a lot of people think it just reads front to back. Yeah. And, um, so sometimes people start a Bible reading progress uh, system in January and they'll start reading. And then the moment they hit numbers or Leviticus, they're like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what I'm doing and I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe the first thing I, I always tell people, encourage people is it's kind of like working out. Um, one, don't, if you go to the gym and you try to lift 500 pounds, you're going to fail. Yeah. If you go to the gym and you try to work out for three hours, you're going to, you might do okay now, but you're not gonna be able to work out tomorrow or the rest of the week. Yeah. It's, it's the most important thing is daily exposure. 
that picture in the in in Psalms about about planting yourself next to the stream and just drinking it in slowly is kind of the point. Mm-hmm. To use maybe a Texas analogy, um, we're kind of like brisket, okay? okay. And and you I don't, like where you're going exactly. Here we go. You don't you don't um, cook a brisket quick, yeah. And brisket kind of takes on the flavor of what it's sitting in. Mm. And so you smoke it for for 18 or 20 hours and it comes out smelling like the smoke it was in. Mm. And most of us are like that. Our souls are like that. That's good. Um, You are what you sit and soak in on a daily basis. And so it's almost like I can tell you what what you've been sitting and soaking in just by looking at the flavors you exude. Mm. And so realizing that that's us and how we can... um, how we can learn to sit and soak in this, um, doing it on a daily basis, um, getting daily exposure to it, trusting that that over time it's going to produce fruit in our life. And so maybe um, sort of the advice I always give people, and this advice I try to keep to my, keep myself because it's a daily grind, is one, do it yourself. Um, all these other things, pastors, uh, study guides, podcasts, uh, they're, they're all useful guides and helpful instruments, but it doesn't replace you doing it yourself. Mm. Um, and so do it for yourself. I, I tell people it's important to, um, to read uh, for yourself, but not by yourself. And so a lot of times we let other people do it for us. And, and the most important thing God wants us to do is do it ourselves. Uh, do it prayerfully. Um, I really do believe that you know, the Holy Spirit guides us as we, um, as we read this. And so trusting that God does speak. You know, I, I try to remind myself not just to open the Bible as a, as a historical text or even as a religious document or even as the Word of God. Um, of a distant God, but to to believe that God, as I'm reading it, is meeting me there, mm. and to say, God, as I'm show me what I need to hear, feed me with what I need to uh, to be nourished by, challenge me, equip me, um, help me become the person um, you've created me to be, because I've I've been reading this here. Yeah, you know, one of the hard things, and I get this question a lot too, is um, especially parents, and you know, we work with families; it's a big deal, and. Uh, Parents just not really understanding, like what, where to find answers for the things that they're going through. Yeah. And you've said this several times: the Bible has an answer to every situation. I've yeah. heard you say that. Like, unpack that because that that's a big statement. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, uh, we have uh, narrowed down the questions that the that the Bible is the answer to um, to simply what happens to me when I die. It's a great question to have an answer to, but it's not the only question of life. In fact, I've met a lot of believers who will say things like, fine, I know that I'm going to go to heaven when I die. How do I live my life between now and then? What am I supposed to do? Yeah. And um, realizing that, that Jesus came to be the answer to all of life's questions. And so um, how do you learn to find him? Well, first off, you tell a parent, you can't give what you don't have. Exactly. Um, I guarantee, and, and the converse is true. You do give what you do have. Um, I guarantee you that the answers you're giving your children um, are the answers that you have come to from whatever source they're in. And so uh, before we can lead our children well, we have before we have to feed ourselves, feed our children, we have to feed ourselves. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the airplane thing, exactly. right? When the, <laughs> when, 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 the, um, when the masks fall down, put yours on first and then put your kids on. Exactly. Um, and so part of it is learning, and it's a slow process, learning to, um, to seek the answers to life's questions in the Bible, in the scriptures, um, and having helpful guides to do it. Mm. Um, and for me, honestly, it it comes to it starts with um, it includes good guides, good study habits, good um, you know, good mentors, and all those things. But it starts with 
willing willingness to put everything about my about who I am on the table before God. Mm. Um, there's a one of my favorite passages is um, in Psalms. I think it's Psalms uh, 62 seven, where it simply says, "Trust in the Lord at all times. Pour out your heart before Him. He is a refuge for us." Wow. Uh, to but it's that it's that it's that second phrase, "Pour out your heart before Him." That's something that we oftentimes don't do. And why? Because we don't trust him. We don't trust in the mm-hmm. Lord at all times. And so we don't pour out our heart before him. And so therefore we'd never learn to realize that he is a refuge for us. When you find families uh, who come to us in crisis, so every one of us have, have experienced those moments where you have no idea what to do and your answers aren't working. The truth is you're looking for a refuge, yeah. a place to go that's safe and secure and will help you. And the promise of scripture is that God is that for us. We'll learn to trust him. And the only way we'll ever learn to trust him is by prayerfully pouring out our hearts before him. There's a, a really graphic and gross a thing I learned on, on, a, on a nature channel one time, and it was about the sea cucumber. Um, the sea cucumber is this little aquatic animal who has this one odd defense mechanism. Anytime it's attacked, it has the ability to regurgitate all its insides. Okay, just barfs it all up. Yeah. Bar- and then a, a, an animal, then the predator eats what it wants and swims away, and then it can regrow it. Um, and it sounds gross and it probably is, but the cool thing is, um, it shows us a picture. We're kind of, God's calling us to be sea cucumbers. Uh, <laughs> what is the problem yeah. that you, that you are so desperate for that you have to have an answer to and just put it out there before God. Uh, so many times when we get on our knees or when we get in, in small groups at church or when we get around uh, Christians, we think we have to sound religious. Yeah. Rather than saying, this is a question I desperately need the answers to, and I, and I can't go until I get it. Mm. God, this is, I know you say you're, you're a God of love and a God of peace, but right now I don't feel very loved and I don't feel very at peace. And to be yeah. able to acknowledge that before God. Yeah. Um, I actually think that um, reading the Psalms, uh, people always ask where I, where I start when I read scripture. Um, as I've referenced the Psalms numerous times, I, I actually start in the Psalms frequently because the Psalms are full of all the things people have felt comfortable saying to God throughout time. And, and also a way in which they, they poured out their hearts before God and in the process felt God's consolation. Mm. Um, here are the ways in which God did speak truth into their life or God reminded them of things he'd done in the past and encouraged them to hope in the future or led them through a time of repentance or um, told, told them to hold on for just a little longer. Um, all of those ways in which um, God showed himself faithful and encourages us to trust him. Mm. I also tell people to go to Jesus, right? We, yeah. uh, <laughs> Read the life of Jesus. Exactly yeah. right. Um, read the gospels and and hear the words of Jesus and 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 try to live them. Try to be inspired by them, encouraged by them, and, and yeah. go from there. So for the listener uh, of understanding the importance of reading scripture, like if I'm hearing you correctly, your piece of advice is is just start reading. Yeah. Like just get in it for yourself. Um, you know, there's guides, there's different things. We have different resources on the website that you can find for personal growth, especially reading God's word. But um, just having a starting point, what do you say to the person who's like, I just is so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like what, like you said, the Psalms, is that, where you would point them to start reading that or, you know, the gospels, or is there something that you have a trick or, or I, I love, um, sometimes uh, this is where having mentors, uh, yeah. people you can go to comes in handy. Um, people you can say, um, anytime people ask me, um, I'm interested in studying God's word for myself. What, um, where should I go? How, where should I start? And one of my first question is, is, um, 
Well, where are you at right now? Yeah. What are the struggles you're having? What are what are the questions you need answers to? Because um, there's so much of scripture that addresses itself uh, to all of life's questions, but you have to know where to look. And um, and so if someone says, "Well, I don't even know. I don't even know any of that," then I always tell them um, the two things I always tell people are start in the Gospels, read read Mark yeah. or Luke or John. In fact, John is a wonderful a place to start because the whole Gospel of John. Um, all throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus keeps saying, I am, I am, I am. He's basically telling you um, that he's the answer to the life's questions. Yeah. When uh, I am the light of the world, I am the living water, I am the bread of life. Um, and so going through uh, the Gospel of John can be a, 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 a wonderful way of reminding yourself, okay, do I? what is the water I go to to nourish me and to refresh me? And how can I learn uh, to seek Jesus as the water of life? Yeah. Do you feel in darkness? Well, Jesus says he's the, he's the light of the world. What does that mean? Yeah, that's um, good. That's real good. And so for those um, struggling or just curious about spiritual disciplines and especially uh, scripture reading, the idea of where are you? I, I love that question. You know, if, if if you're a leader listening to this and you're like, I don't, I don't know what to say, like you have to take people and find them where they're at and then take them to the next step. But those who have no idea what to do, um, yeah, your challenge is just to just start, right? It's, yeah. uh, Be willing to wrestle. Like this yeah. is, I, I was thinking today about um, Jacob wrestling with God and was it Genesis 25? Yeah. Um, the whole purpose of him wrestling with God there was because he wanted God to bless him. Yeah. And sometimes God makes us wrestle. Yeah. And being willing to do that. Like this is where being honest, like you don't have to like what scripture tells you um, you have to read it and you go, I don't understand this. I don't understand how that, in fact, I don't know how many times I've sat across the table at a, at a Starbucks or a barbecue joint and someone says, I have a, I think I'm losing my faith because I have this really big problem with this one thing I read in scripture. And my answer is always the same. I don't think you're, I don't think you're losing your faith. I think you're gaining it. That's good. Yeah. Um, learning to say, learning to wrestle with the stuff that you find hard. I guarantee you the stuff that you find difficult to swallow is that it has in it the stuff that God is trying to teach you. Yeah. And my f- favorite thing that I always like to say with that story of Jacob is he wrestled with God. And when you wrestle with God, you walk away differently. Mm-hmm. He had a limp. Yep. He physically walked away differently. And we always walk away different. So it's worth it every single time. So Steve, thank you. Uh, this is a first uh, part of our spiritual discipline series. We'll, we'll get into some fasting and some journaling and some just different uh, personal growth things in the, the coming episodes. But Steve, thank you. Loved it. Thank you for listening to the Empowered Homes podcast. For more content and information to connect church and home, please visit empoweredhomes.org.